This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan right now brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is the executive vice president of your Dallas Cowboys, Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, guys. How you doing? We're doing good. We've been kicking this around most of the day, and I know we got to hear from some of the players. I would love your takeaway on this as well, is exceedingly close with an opportunity to win on the road against the team with the best record in football. So that's a positive, or do you just look at it as we had a chance to win and we didn't, so that's a negative? I look at this as, uh, you know, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, obviously, we had some great opportunities there uh, throughout the game. I mean, we had started off with Sam Williams with the sack fumble that came right back to the quarterback. Uh, had another fumble uh, in the red zone, uh, you know, with Swift that uh, went right back to him. And, uh, and then, of course, the butt fumble at the end. And, you know, we were just right there on the verge. Uh, we had the long drive there, uh, you know, that stalled out uh, after a sack when we had first and 10 from the 30 uh, inside of two minutes. And then our defense did a great job, great job of managing the clock and got down there and gave ourselves a chance to win. Obviously, we didn't get it done. It's a game of inches. Uh, we had opportunities, but hats off to the Eagles. But, uh, you know, this is a, a long journey, uh, the NFL and uh, a season. And uh, we've got a lot of football left to play. I think uh, – we continue to get better. Uh, that's a really good football team we were up against. Uh, you know, a tough environment up there in Philly. There's no excuses. Uh, they won the game, and uh, hats off to them. And we have to continue uh, to work to get better. But there's, you know, there's a lot of good things that come from that in terms of, you know, the, obviously Dak and CD are really getting uh, a connection going. Uh, there's a lot of things we can improve upon. And, uh, you know, we just got uh, Got to make some plays. They do a really good job on their third and shorts and fourth and shorts that uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to stop them on. But uh, uh, we just have to uh, continue to execute, have to continue to get better as a team. I think the body language on our team is good. Uh, I think we're a confident group, and uh, we just got to go uh, continue to improve and, uh, you know, hopefully peak at the right time. Uh, you know, which is uh, as we move forward, continue to get better and uh, win, win a game like that that uh, we didn't get done last night. It does seem like this was another game with your preferred offensive line that maybe is not playing to the level we would have expected at the beginning of the year, particularly it felt like a tough day, a really tough day for Terrence Steele yesterday, did it not? He's a young player, and, um, you know, obviously uh, they've got some really good pass rushers. And, uh you know, those are things we have to look at uh, as well in terms of, I know at times we uh, chipped and gave him help, but, you know, when you got guys like uh, Riddick and Sweat that line up in those wide nines, uh, 
you know, you, you've got to uh, understand that they're going to give, uh, you know, our guys uh, some troubles. But uh, I think Terrence will learn from that. Uh, he's such a focused individual. He does things the right way. And uh, I think uh, he'll get better from that. You know what you're talking about there, Stephen, is sometimes since the Rangers just won the World Series, sometimes a good pitcher just doesn't have it on that day. They're, they're fighting and they're trying, but they just don't have it. Can that, that seems to happen at times with offensive linemen where maybe, I don't know if it's a loss of confidence in the game, but can you kind of talk about football where an offensive lineman, maybe a couple plays don't go his way, and then to try to fight that feeling of, like, I'm effing up right now for my team. I got to... I got to do better. And just the same thing as a pitcher, I'm on the mound trying to do the same thing, but you kind of have some negative thoughts in your head. Analogy. And I think what it goes to in football more so is just the matchup. And, uh, you know, throughout my 30 years of being in football, uh, you know, you know, people used to say uh, certain players would get the Eric Williams flu. And, uh, uh, you know, certainly you go against a, uh, Zach Martin will tell you, you go against an Aaron Donald, you know, you're going to have your hands full. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's just matchups. And then, uh, you know, going in, it's going to be a tough matchup in terms of your skill set versus his. And then a couple plays don't go your way. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you just got to have a strong mind to sit in there and, and, and keep firing at him. And, you know, like I said, I think we can do things to help that as well. Uh, you know, obviously we're trying to, you know, when you keep a guy in to chip and that type of thing, it's one last guy out in the route uh, that can make a play for you. But those are all things that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn from in terms of uh, getting better as a team. Uh, you know, you just got to uh, know that, you know, the Eagles are going to, you know, they're one of the top teams in the league. We feel like we are too. It was just uh, one of those nights where we didn't quite get it done. We were right there knocking on the door and had our opportunities, but didn't quite get it done. One of my huge positives from the game is the development of Jake Ferguson. I know that's not his first good game of the year, but it just seems like as you guys have lost Schultz, moved on, that Jake Ferguson keeps getting better and better as the season's progressing. Yeah, we really feel good about that position. I think uh, Jake's just doing an amazing job. His run after catch is really uh, becoming, it's not a surprise anymore. It's just consistently good. And uh, so I think, uh, uh, you know, really like that tight end position. I think Schoonmaker, he made a great catch there. Uh, we can do a little better job executing that play in terms of making sure he's in the end zone when he makes a big catch like that. But uh, uh, really like that position. Another guy who's coming along good, obviously, is Tolbert. And I think after a tough drop early, Gallup uh, responded well, uh, making some big catches and uh, obviously drawing that P.I. Uh, call, uh, you know, there at the end of the game was nice. So, and, of course, uh, you know, obviously Tolbert, uh, I just think he continues to develop. Jack's getting confidence in him. So, you know, there's a lot of positives about uh, about our offense. Obviously, Dak himself is playing at a, a really high level. Uh, we protected the ball well. Uh, I don't even know that we put the ball in harm's way uh, in terms of the way we look at it from a, uh, you know, from a coaching staff standpoint. So, you know, we, we protected it well. We had our shots to get. Uh, to get the ball and uh, you know the ball just didn't bounce our way but uh, we we have to continue to learn from this we can grow from this Uh, we have to give the Eagles credit but we've got a uh, I I like uh, this team I like our personnel Uh, I like the way we're playing the game and I think we'll respond now when you're talking about some of the really positive things about Michael Gallup and the development of Tolbert I'm kind of curious how it balances all out and 
if that's come at the expense of Brandon Cooks at all because it seemed like he was picking it up the last couple weeks. He was a non-factor yesterday, and it feels like he's had a disappointing season for somebody who I thought was going to have really big things this year. Well, I think sometimes you uh, you don't you don't necessarily see on on the stat sheet or the target sheet what he's doing. I mean, when he lines up out there, he's got people's attention. Everybody knows uh, he can run by you. I mean, you turn on the tape and watch it, and uh, you know they're bailing real quick in terms of not wanting him to run by you. Uh, obviously, he didn't get the targets and the touches uh, last night, but he had a you know a really nice game the game before and. You know, when you got uh, the four receivers and the tight ends and you got Pollard, uh, you know, not everybody's going to get uh, the optimal touches uh, with each game. And uh, that's a good problem to have uh, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, especially when you got CD getting, you know, the, the number of targets and touches he's getting, which he's, you know, that really that connection between him and Dak are uh, certainly good. And when you got a number one uh, like CD, he deserves to have those targets and, and those touches, and he's certainly making the most of them. And, uh, you know, you can always walk out of the stadium and say, boy, I wish Tony would have touched it uh, half a dozen more times and wish we'd have gotten uh, Cooks a few more targets. But, uh, you know, the other guys are doing their job, and they're deserving uh, the chances that they get. And she said uh, Ferguson's really stepping up in a big way for us. Uh, I know Schoonmaker, given the opportunity, he's making, uh, doing his some of the dirty work in terms of the blocking. Uh, we've just got a good group that I, I think, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, just uh, has a, uh, you know, playing the right way and should just get better with each week. And uh, obviously we're going to have to do that if we want to get to where we want to be. Now, with all that in mind, I was hoping you could tell us anything about Martavis Bryant and if he's coming in to work out tomorrow, somebody who's been out of the NFL for the last five years. Yeah, he'll be in this afternoon, and we'll look at him. And uh, he's been out of the league. He played in uh, uh, the USFL or XFL. Forgive me for uh, which one it was. We've got about three or four leagues now, I think, going on in the off season. But uh, uh, he's a guy who got caught up, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, in his suspension. And but it's a guy that's, uh, you know, a big, strong, uh, fast receiver that uh, we'll certainly take a look at. Now, one of the things I, I was curious your takeaway yesterday was, did it feel like a penalty-happy referee crew at all? Or if not, what led to so many penalties for the Cowboys? I know the Eagles had that problem as well. Well, it was, uh, you know, what you want is consistency, and I guess you could say it was consistent. I don't know, <laughs> you know, sitting on the competition committee, that, uh, you know, that's not you know necessarily what you – I want to see is 20 penalties in a ball game, but, uh, uh, you know, they were uh, pretty, you know, I don't think you blame the refs for anything here. I mean, I'm sure the Eagles had some calls they didn't love. And, you know, we had some calls that we felt like could have been called and had some that we felt like shouldn't have been called on us, but that's the NFL. And, you know, they're calling the game, uh, you know, when, when they see a foul, they're, they're gonna, you know, in their mind, they're calling it, but, uh, 20 a lot, but, uh, you know, that's part of it. And, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was pretty, seemed like it was pretty consistent in terms of uh, they were even-handed. Since you are on the competition committee, I know we've asked you this about it before, but you saw it again in person. Still still good with the tush push or the brotherly <laughs> shove or whatever you want to call it? Of course not. I'm against it. Uh, we're playing the team twice a year that probably does it the very best. And 
they've perfected it. I'm saying that in jest. Uh, you know, there's no injury data or anything that would suggest that, uh, you know, it's a bad play. And so you have to, you know, that's the, the things that we're looking for. Uh, you always look at it in terms of uh, a play like that. You look at it every year. I know we'll give it another good going over in terms of uh, making sure the injury data is not, uh, not an issue. And, uh, you know, continue to look at uh, the way it affects uh, ball games. But, uh, you know, hats off to the Eagles. They do it uh, the very best. And uh, uh, they've obviously worked on it and perfected it. And, you know, it's got uh, a bunch of def- top, top defensive coordinators and head coaches uh, trying to figure out the best way to stop it because obviously they're very efficient at it. I was wondering about Leighton Vanderesh. I know he can come back for this upcoming week. I didn't know if there was an update on Vanderesh and his progress of coming back this year. Yeah, he's still, uh, I would say that's still a question mark as to when uh, or will he come back this year. I think that's a work in progress. Uh, in terms of uh, his injury, but it certainly won't be uh, uh, this week or, uh, for that matter, probably in the next couple of weeks. And then I was going to ask you this question because off of the Van Der Esch injury, which happened weeks ago, Micah Parsons obviously moved around a lot more. It's kind of been really fun to watch how he's impacting the game from from different situations, but it's given, I feel like, the opportunity for Sam Williams to get some more reps at defensive end. I'm a big fan of his. I, I, I like what he can do for for you. What have you seen from him from the start of the year and now pretty much at the halfway point of the season on his progression? A little bit of it uh, falls into the line we were talking about on targets to some of our weapons on offense. I mean, we've got a good group of uh, defensive lineman there, and I'm I like you. I'm a big fan of Sam Williams. I mean, all he's done is uh, block a punt last week, uh, played gunner, uh, running, you know, four four five. I think at uh, six five and two hundred sixty pounds, and uh, playing the gunner role, and he's proud to do it. And then obviously comes up with a big sack fumble, giving us an opportunity uh, to make a play. And uh, I, I think he's, his skill set is uh, really good, has a bunch of upside, and as he gets more opportunities, I think all you'll do is see this guy uh, make more plays. Uh, uh, speaking of Mike, I agree with you. He just uh, keeps lining up in different places. He almost made an unbelievable play on himself blocking a putt uh, there late in the game and uh, uh, certainly had a chance on that uh, uh, hip fumble, as we like to call it. It almost landed right in his hands. And, you know, Mike in his uh, history as a running back, uh, he might have taken that one to the house. So, um, he's, a, uh, you know, we've got a good group of guys over there and, uh, all of them probably deserve to have more snaps, uh, in terms of that, uh, second group of guys, guys like Fowler and, uh, guys like Armstrong and, uh, and Sam, uh, you know, they're all doing a great job for us. And I think when given the opportunities, they make plays. Speaking of Micah, I'm not saying you're saying this at all. This is my opinion from watching all season and going back to last year. Is there any recourse if you feel like he's continually being held and the calls aren't being made? Do you submit video footage or anything like that? Can you walk us through what happens if you feel that's the case? Yeah, the the head coaches, they come up with their tape that they send in if, if they so desire to do so. And, uh, uh, you know, it's after the fact, so there's really not a lot you can do. But you, you do sometimes want clarification on why something was called why something wasn't called and certainly uh you know i'm no different than anybody else feel like sometimes uh 
Uh, it's got to be extreme for them to call, call a hold on Micah, I think, just because <laughs> that offensive lineman's got to do something. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people feel like their best pass rushers get held uh, more than what's called. But, uh, uh, you know, the guys, uh, you know, the officials do a great job out there in general. Uh, you know, it's a tough job, tough positions they're put in. But uh, uh, there is a system in place where, you know, our head coaches take the tape after a day like today. Uh, they send it in and they walk through it with Walt, who's head of officiating up there, and he can walk them through. You know, if they felt like it was uh, officials should have called something, shouldn't have called something, or, you know, obviously justify why, uh, you know, in the officiating crew's mind, uh, why they felt like it was called correctly, which is, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Uh, you know, it's never going to be perfect, as we know. And uh, uh, But I do admire and respect uh, all our officials in the NFL. It's a difficult job, and, uh, you know, everybody's always going to have an opinion and a bigger opinion when it doesn't go your way than when it does, and uh, that's part of it most of the time. I think most people will tell you these things even out. You just hope there's a good consistency, which usually there is. And like I said, my hat's off to the officials in the NFL. They have a hard job, but overall, uh, I think they're trained well, and I think they do a good job. Appreciate it very much. Good, sir. We will uh, catch up with you again next Monday. Thanks a lot, guys. There you go. Steven Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, nothing but positives to talk about with our next guest, world champion Texas Rangers manager Bruce Bochy on your home of the Cowboys and the Rangers. 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan right now. Brought to you by Louisiana Hot Sauce World Champion, Texas Rangers manager Bruce Bochy. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How are we doing today? We are all rested up. Yeah, actually, one of our usuals couldn't make it. We think he has World Championship Parade flu, so he, (laughs) he could not make it today. I just wanted to say on behalf of him, me, 
Mike, we all grew up in the Metroplex, and I know this isn't a question. I just wanted to tell you, all the guys, all the staff, everybody, thank you very much. We have been waiting for this for so very long. Well, I appreciate that. All the guys do. You know, going through that parade, you you get a better understanding of how many people are impacted by our game, which is awesome. You know, the support that we had and it just grew and we could, and I said it at, at the parade, we, we could feel them. We, we heard them in all the cities we were playing in and, and it's why we played the game. So that's, that means a lot to me. And I, I appreciate that. It means a lot to these players. I think the ones that had, had not been in this situation, I'm talking about a, in the world series or even uh, in a parade, they even have a better understanding uh, of why we play this game. And, and it just does a great job of bringing the community uh, together. Uh, so it, it, it's a special time. And, yeah, that last out is big. But to me, you know, comments like like, like you just made or, or the parade, that's that's when you realize, uh, you know, what, what you've done. And uh, it's, it's emotional at times. I, I guarantee you there were guys that were tearing up when they were going through that parade. That's how emotional you can get during this time. Well, Boach, I know that you had uh... – your grandkids with you on the float and you had a great comment about she wants to do it again. And you said, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I'm wondering, is this the first time you, you're obviously last championship was in 2014 and I'm sorry, I don't know all the ages of your grandchildren. Was that the first time you got to be in the championship parade with grandkids? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty young. Uh, the oldest uh, was Braxton and he's five and Maddie, who made the comment after the parade, she had such a good time. She was dressed up in her Rangers dress and, and, uh, she's all into, uh, the, uh, the cartoons, the, the TV shows with all the beauty Queens and everything. So she just had a blast waving. And, and when it was over, she goes, Papa, I, I want to do that again. I, I want to go around again. And so, uh, you know, it just hit home for me. and uh, But, yeah, that's the first time for for uh, me to have grandkids. Well, the Ranger fans wouldn't have been upset if you would have taken a second lap with almost oh 750,000 yeah. uh, Ranger fans there in attendance. Now, I do have this question for you, Boach, just to make sure, because you said let's do this again. I'm just making sure uh, you're ready to uh, manage the team in 2024, right? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I am. I you know, I get asked that question, and uh, you know, see why he changes his mind. I get it, but no, <laughs> seriously, uh, no, I feel, uh, you know, I, I feel, uh, I feel awesome. I mean, you, you just can't help to, uh, you know, be in, in such a, a great place when something like this happens. So, no, all good with me. Uh, I'm heading uh, out here soon, but uh, no, I plan on taking uh, some time off. But um, I, I need to, uh, you know take care of a couple of things. I, I'm going to get in, in even better shape and, and just get ready to have a great spring and season next year. I think it's the same philosophy that you have. If somebody hits a grand slam, they get to play again the next day. I feel confident if you win a world title, you're uh, very much welcome back. So thank you for telling us that. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. It, you it, know, it's, it's really, it's, you know, I think most of the guys uh, are probably heading out now, but, uh, um, I can tell you they're, they're recouping right now. You, you go through something like that. You're running on adrenaline, especially all the games that we played on the road. Uh, 
a few of them have probably slipped into coma uh, last day or so, uh, just catching up and catching their breath. And, you know, I'm hoping they, they get away for a little bit uh, because it's a short off season. And that's uh, Marcus and I were talking about it, especially somebody that just broke the record for number of bats in the season. That's incredible yeah. to me, but anyway, uh, it's going to be important that these guys take, uh, take their time, heal up and, uh, and then it's time to get ready for uh, another run at it. Now, you guys had even more to celebrate last night. Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, and Adolis Garcia all picked up gold gloves. Now, for Nathaniel Lowe, what a turnaround defensively that has been. And Adolis Garcia, I feel like a lot of us have thought maybe he should have already had one of these. Right. I I can't say enough about the work that, that Nate put in uh, to accomplish this and I'll say this, when I found out when he told me, uh, it was probably as big to him as winning that silver slugger because he was not known as a, a defender. He had a tag on him. And, and I think Marcus led the way on getting him out there every day working on it. And I don't know how many times you came out of the ballpark, but, you know, we do our infield stuff, and then Beasley would hit him uh, fungos to work on his, uh, you know, his picking and uh, and for him to win a gold glove, uh, it, it meant so much to him. So happy for him. Goalie, you know, early in season, going from center to right, you know, made a couple of errors. You're hoping that didn't take away from how good he is out there. And then, you know, as the season went, we all got to see it. We saw it in the postseason, you know, the throw he made home. Hey, this guy just, he's incredible. He just showed the world uh, that he's hes a megastar, superstar. This guy, there's there's nothing you can't do on the ball field. Well, I feel like I'm going to, I did text Jonah real quick last night. Uh, so, you know, really happy for him. And, and, uh, of course, Bobby Wilson, those two are attached at the hip and, you know, Jonah, <laughs> I mean, you, you look at, uh, how can you have a better year? Than what Jonah had, he started out, he get the gold glove and, and was the catcher in a world series champion. It's just incredible what uh, he accomplished this year. I feel like I'm about to turn into Chris Farley in the old Saturday Night Live video where I just ask you the question, wasn't that awesome? But I will put some context behind this. Is We didn't get to talk to you after the two major injuries to Max Scherzer, which ended up you know, didn't have to make any Game 7 decisions, and then uh, what happened to Adolis Garcia. And when Max Scherzer back tightens up on him, you decide to go to John Gray. He was phenomenal, pretty much had three perfect innings there. You have a decision in Game 4 on who to start. We were having discussions on Dunning versus Heaney and how to do it and how those guys are going to mix and match or if Bradford might be in the mix there. And it works out great. Heaney goes five innings, one run, outstanding. Then we're going, well, Jankowski or Grossman? Which one should Bochy go with? And you go with Jankowski. He has two huge hits in the second and third inning of those five runs. So that was awesome. And how do, when you have to make a tough decision, how come it always goes your way and it's just so awesome? Well, I don't know if it always goes my way. You guys saw what a bumpy ride it was this year at times, uh, especially <laughs> in the bullpen. So trust me, I don't always get it right. Uh, but, you know, I. I lean on guys to, you know, Mike Maddox and I are constantly talking uh, every day. I, I pick the brains of our hitting guys. Uh, I try to get all the information I can. Of course, uh, front office, uh, Bobby Bandolo, I, I got to tell you what a great job he does. 
he's one of our analysts and uh you know we kind of go through uh the plan uh kind of map it out you know first inning through the ninth inning and don't always get to follow it whatever but just have a plan but he does a tremendous job of giving us uh the information we need uh, on the pitching side so you know we all did this together and it's that's what makes uh it so cool and and i'll say this real quick i know i get along here but uh those guys, uh, they, they were so selfless. Uh, you saw I was moving guys uh, in the batting order, looking at the team we were playing. I was, uh, they had more left-handers in the bullpen. I was trying to uh, make it tougher for them to bring, it, bring them in on certain pockets. I was hitting Josh Young eighth. I dropped low down to seventh. Then Josh went back in the five-hole. Uh, the, the kid, Carter, I mean, he goes uh, nine to five to three. Anyway, you cut this short. Nobody said a word. Nobody, they didn't care uh, who did it, how we did it. They just cared that we did it. One of the constants during that entire thing, and I know you got asked about this, and you're like, no, Marcus Simeon is our leadoff hitter. You've made a couple allusions to him having more at-bats in a season than any player in the history of Major League Baseball, which is wild. I know this might not be a short answer, but what does Marcus Simeon mean to this Texas Rangers ball club? Stability. I'll start there. Uh, I mean, he's he's the anchor. Uh, he's out there every day. It's just one spot I don't think about. But I, I will say I'd like to think about it more next year. I'll I'll sit down and talk with him. I mean, what <clears throat> incredible what he accomplished uh, last year, playing every game, all the breaking the record at bats. But I need to take care of him, and hopefully I can uh, you know work him a little bit. I'll find him at a at a good time. Um, you know, get him where he's got a little more give, uh, you know, to give somebody else a chance to get three or four bats. And that's how I'll probably approach it because, you know, he's he's setting his way. He wants to be out there. And we're fortunate. He just – he's built. He's wired to, to, to play every day. And, uh, but more importantly, he's wired to get it up every day mentally uh, and, and, and do what he needs to do out there. And that's what's so impressive about him. Butch, one of the things that I was thinking about is you guys were on stage and the confetti happened and then you guys were dispersing is just being a former player, my dad being a former player, I just thought, man, this was awesome. But there's this part in my heart that gets sad. And I know you're bringing back a lot of the players. You're probably going to bring back a lot of the staff. But that's it for this team. It's the celebration of a championship and you'll always be remembered. But then there's that part where I just think of some of my best friends on certain teams that I just don't get to see much at all or talk to anymore. So can you talk about being in the sport for decades upon decades? And sometimes it ends in a championship. Other times it doesn't. But that whenever it ends, whether it's in championship or not, that's kind of that team then is not the team anymore. Right, and it's part of our business. Uh, it's baseball, and I mentioned it a while back. You know that that you you know what we're a special group. You know, and we got a chance to do something special here, and that that's together because you don't know what's going to happen next year. You're all not going to be there. It just it doesn't happen in our game, whether it's um, you know you, you know on your bench or even regulars. Um, on the pitching side, you know, of course, the free agency and all that. So, so, yeah, you're right. It is. And so, you know, and that's why I said at the end, I'm going to look back at this moment, uh, you know, a few years from now. And I, and, and, I'm, and I said this, I'm going to cherish the fact that, you know, I was part of this group because it is a special group. 
and it won't be the same group next year. But you have to savor that, and and uh, you know, down the road we'll all get together. Uh, hopefully, at, you know, at some point, uh, which you have reunions and things like that, and and of course, you know, with the phones now, social media, and all that, these guys are able to keep in touch uh, no matter where they go. What former teammate that you played with when you were a player do you still talk to the most or text the most with? I tell you what, I have quite a few. I do. Uh, you know, I go back to my early days, uh, you know, with uh, Wally Joyner, for example. Uh, you know, I see him a lot. We text a lot. Uh, uh, you know, Bumgarner was texting during the postseason. Uh, uh, Tim Lensencombe, uh, I mean, he sent me a beautiful text. Uh, uh, so, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, somebody happens to be listening because there's quite a few that I, I, I still keep in touch with, I run into. And uh, and the cool thing about getting back in, unretiring, so to speak, a lot of these parks we went to, some of them would come out and I, I'd get to catch up. And not just on the major, uh, major league side, when I managed in the minor league side, uh, and I'd still keep in touch with some of them. Well, one, Rick Davis was a pitcher for me in rookie ball. And he came out to see me, and we still text. So uh, I have one that lives here, Mike Humphreys, that played uh, for me. So uh, it's just special to run into these guys because I, I do care about them. I hope they know that. They, they mean a lot to me. First sporting event I ever went to, my mom made sure to remind me, I was 11 months old, and I went to the old, old Arlington Stadium to watch the Rangers. This has been a long time coming for so many of us. So, Thank you for doing the show with us all year long. And obviously, thank you for an unforgettable run. Well, thank you, guys. Enjoy doing the show. And, you know, it's the season uh, we'll never forget. So, you know, I'm glad to be part of it and be, you know, with all of us, including you guys. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what a year. And, uh, you know, I'll drive back home probably either later today or tomorrow and uh, start catching up and, after a week or so, you know, we're, we're looking at the winter meetings here. So I, it's time to get back to work, but you, you got to enjoy this. So thank you guys. Absolutely. We'll see you in March. All right, guys. Y'all have a good winter. Awesome. There you go. Bruce Bochy right here on 105.3 The we'll Fan. We'll talk to him in early December when Shohei signs here. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Which could happen as early as today in about three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out one thing because multiple people texted in. I had the exact same reaction when you were like, you're going to manage again in 2024, right? And he goes, well, look. And I was like, oh, no. And he goes, oh, yeah, definitely. I just, you you need to clear your head for a little while, but I'll definitely be back. A bunch of people were like, oh, my gosh, that just gave me a heart attack. Same, same, same. And also, shifting of Marcus Simeon. Like, I don't think that's a shock, but. Yeah, I think everybody knows. There's a good chance Evan Carter's your leadoff hitter next year against right-handers. I do think there's going to be kind of two lineups, a uh, versus lefty lineup versus righty lineup. And I think this year it didn't matter who was pitching on the other team. It was Simeon, Seager, Lowe, Garcia, Young when you were healthy. You yeah. knew who the first five were. And then pretty much Heim was batting sixth, if I'm remembering correctly, because that that lineup, when healthy, There was no change. It didn't matter if it was a lefty pitching, righty pitching. Every once in a blue moon, because of a guy needing a day off or a guy struggling, he might change it. But I do think next year you're going to have, I don't know in what order, and I think Shohei's going to bat second. Oh, my God. But, 
I, I do think that there's going to be uh, a little bit of a change in the lineup. Simeon's going to be a major part of it, and I think he'll lead off against lefties. But I do think he'll bat in a different spot in the lineup versus righties. From the 214, this person is far from alone. Thank you, sir. I'm still crying in excitement. We effing did it. Hey, tell Boach he just made a 66-year-old cry. Like, even after the fact, all those emotions are still there. I didn't even get to ask him about, hey, the only managers who have ever won more World Series titles than you are, Joe McCarthy, Casey Stengel, and Connie Mack. What's it like to be in that category? Because we just had so much, and Bochy is also the first ever manager to beat the same franchise and then win with that franchise a World Series. And I don't know the – I know the rules on players. You have to be retired and, like, Beltre's coming up. Once you've retired for four years, then you are on the ballot for the Hall of Fame and you can then go into the Hall of Fame. But – I feel like Bochi needs to be in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, I don't Chuck know, Morgan even said, but that, I don't yeah. know how that works. I don't know if the I don't know the rules on current managers. Does that make sense? Yeah, like do they get in while they're managing? Like Tony Larusa, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, but did yeah. he did he how like retire he for a little game? bit and then that's when he got in? Then he came back. I, I can't remember all the rules, but I do think Bochi over Larusa needs to uh, be in the Hall of Fame in a hurry. Okay, so is it time for a Mike Langley? Yes, we got to do the reset. You've heard the show before. KC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You're home of the Cowboys and the Rangers, and you're home of Mike Likes It. Well, once again, one of you guys is really screwing me over by giving me all this responsibility on the show by not showing up. He's sick. You know Corey is sick. You can talk while you're not throwing up. (laughs) You know? That is a weird point, I guess. (laughs) That's a point you made. Of all, all the right. points out there, you made so one. So real quick, I didn't know I was going to go with this, and I did ask that question because I was thinking about this, and maybe this is just from the perspective of this is the way baseball life is, and I don't want to compare it to the military, but I am going to for a second here. Is uh, Obviously, I was not part of the military, but maybe when you kind of leave your tour of duty and you leave the men and women that you were touring with, that you were close with, I don't know if like, hey, in – six months or three months when you go back on duty that it's the exact same people you're going with or it changes up a little bit. I'm sorry, I don't know that about military, but I'm just trying to compare maybe other people who've had these feelings is I did think when that confetti went off and we were all celebrating and we went back to the desk to continue yeah. broadcasting. What a day on Friday. Thank you, Tolos, for listening and everything like that is. Can we stop on that for just one more second? Go I got so much feedback about that and I'm very grateful because I thought we're having the time of our life. I hope it's translating and it felt like it did. Good. I I just thought of as they were walking off the stage and then they were going to go to their cars and either go to the airport the next day or, or that night or start their drive back to where they live is it won't be the same team next year. Yeah. People have asked me about Montgomery. There's obviously there's quite a few free agents in that bullpen. Whether you like, whether you love the pieces on this team or, you know, like individually or not, it's just I just thought, man, that was always kind of the tough part about a season ending. You are ready to go home. I think I never won a World Series, but even after you win a World Series, I think you're like, okay, I've been away from my family for I guess it's eight months now if not nine months that you haven't been back home maybe you went home for the all-star break and that's it for the whole season is like i'm ready to see my mom my dad my my family and possibly some of your friends too 
is I just was like, man, that's it for these guys. A lot of the team will be back. I'm not saying that the majority of the team will be back, but I just thought, man, that's it. That that team is over. And for me, look, I was uh, a guy who had to move teams. I was wanted, but not wanted enough to keep. Right. And so uh, I just kind of felt sad about that moment. So for a sec- second, there was sadness that when they were walking off stage that it was over yeah was there did you have any type of feeling as the guys were walking off the stage and we went back to the broadcast of like this was such a joyous moment but then that ended the the at least the guys being together we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Celebration? I don't think it was that moment. Honestly, it was actually that night because that would have been game six, Right. And so, not that there's not, sports keeps rolling on, and obviously yeah. we've talked about the Cowboys a lot today, but I'm not as invested in early regular season maths or stars as you are, like, the playoffs right. and the World Series. And so, I was a little bummed out on Friday night, and then obviously Saturday, because you don't have high-leverage sports happening yeah. this moment. And then Sunday comes along, and it felt like a really big deal. But, yeah, I think that's when I was like, oh, man, no high-leverage Rangers. All right, so... My next mic likes it is Corey Seager and Evan Carter. I saw these on social media, and I thought this was amazing. And you name me. I, I know that there were a couple shots on Twitter, and I'll get to those in a second. Is you name me another organization, and maybe it has happened, and I forget about the Stars in 1999. I was yeah. playing baseball in Akron, Ohio, so I don't know what happened the day or two after they won the Stanley Cup. Corey Seager went to like an Academy Sports and signed autographs for free. And Evan Carter yesterday was at a Dick's Sporting Goods in our Metroplex and signing autographs for free. Like that is, those are the MVP, the best player on your team. And then the future superstar 21-year-old, like during the weekend after they've won the World Series and the stuff, they're just like, yeah, I'll go sign some autographs for an hour and and so like I just thought that was amazing from the Texas Rangers and their players to like engage like that. There's probably not enough time in the autograph line, but how much would you love it if Corey Seager was signing it and also wrote, I guess we'll never know. Like for a moment yeah. in time, yeah. people would freak out. I think it's super cool. That'd probably have to be on an eight by ten rather than a baseball That's, card. That is probably <laughs> true. That is probably true. But it also will help grow the game and i i know that might sound ridiculous because they just won the world series but when you when you win the world series you're a huge texas rangers fan when you get an autograph from evan carter right after the world series that's what keeps you there forever right yes now that's what i think scoobs 18 asked this question and i just responded here on twitch academy paid them paid a heck uh out of them no that is that is something they did out of their hearts. Now, I will say this. The Rangers might give you, I'll give you what pretty much happens. To do that, the Rangers are like, hey, will you do this? And they give you $1,500 okay. to go do that. But Academy, because they're a sponsor, Dicks, uh, that just happened because because it's free. If they were paying a lot of money, if they're like, hey, Corey, we'll do this. First of all, Corey Seager has a whole bunch of money. 
So he would probably for that be like, dude, I don't want to do this. I'll do it. But you're going to have to probably give me a hundred thousand dollars for a short amount of yeah. time. And they're going to say, We're, we can't do that. We, we just, we don't have enough money at this local Dick sporting goods nationally. Yes. But locally, no, as a general manager, I don't have a hundred K to pop out to Corey Seager for an True. hour of his time to sign autographs. So it was really, that's, that's out of their, I've seen Hearts. a bunch of people are shouting out Josh Young and Adolis for also stuff. Okay, isn't this amazing? That's now, awesome. Uh, I just I so just so you guys know, there is there's for them financial benefit little to none. A little bit more for Evan Carter. Uh, he did sign for over a million dollars when he got drafted, but Evan Carter uh, is going to definitely make more money in this playoff run than he ever did playing baseball so far. Um, I mean, this year, if you don't include him making it to the major leagues, he made about $10,000 playing baseball until he got called up to the major leagues. Um, So that's just kind of the facts of how little you make playing minor league baseball until you make it to the majors. This is amazing to me, Mike. I love it as much as you're bringing this up from the 682. I saw Marcus Simeon at a baseball tournament in Grapevine. Then another person from the 817, Marcus Simeon signed autographs at a Southlake Little League game. So they were everywhere so, and making multiple stops. What's really cool about the Dick Sporting Goods uh, event for Evan Carter yesterday is the guy who filmed how long the line was was listening to Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broadus on the Cowboys, on the pre-game. Cowboys yeah. pregame show on 105.3 The Fan. So you could hear that in the background, Chiafalo and Broadus talking. So thanks a lot, whatever Tolo Broad uh, you know, filmed that. The line had to be over 2,000 people, right? It was so many people so and like you could hear uh, this is my interpretation yeah the size of the person as they turned or continued to go and the line you hear his breath going oh my god because he didn't know maybe he did but he 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 did a good job of filming that and here's my question to you i'm not going to compare him to dak prescott or cd lamb first of all nothing against those guys they would never in a million years ever do that I'm not saying they wouldn't sign autographs like at a local South Lake game. I have no but idea. They're not going yeah. to a Dick Sporting Goods and sitting down for an hour and signing autographs. Um, are these guys now, are these Texas Rangers as popular as Dallas Cowboys? In this specific moment, yes. But I just like the rate, not that everything goes off of ratings tv ratings is the end of the world series was equivalent to an average cowboys super bowl right you know and i'm just thinking if the cowboys wanna well, we're moving into the land of fantasy here if the cowboys won the super bowl i think there would be one and a half to two million people at that parade yeah so no, I'm, I'm with you on that so, i'm just wondering if like mozzie smith was signing at dick sporting goods the same dick sporting goods who has a longer line evan, evan carter. carter for sure for sure. And I know I'm comparing him to a first-round pick who hasn't done much this year, but that's the person that might go to yeah. a Dick Sporting Goods. You're never getting sure. the starting lineup of the Dallas Cowboys to show up for any of these things. In fact, when we had Jalen Smith that one time at Texas Live, he's like, I'll take a picture. I ain't signing doodly squat. And I'm like, that's the Dallas Cowboys. Person for person of equal stature, it's still going to be the Cowboys. But how cool is it that you could make some of these matchups is if it was Jake Ferguson who had a huge game yesterday against Corey Seager. Corey Seager's having the bigger line. Yeah. Like, and people might say I'm crazy for that. I I, I believe that. Yeah, so that was just amazing to me. Now, I will take a shot at Twitter X people because somebody responded, 
Evan Carter didn't sign for everybody in line. Do you understand that he would have had to have been there till 9 in the morning signing? Because that line would have never stopped. More people yeah. would have said he's signing until the line is no more. The line would have never been no more. He's giving you his time for free. And I guess it's not for free. He probably got $1,500 to do that signing, which is very little. All of these guys out of their hearts, whether it was, I knew Seeger and Evan Carter, but people are now giving you pretty much, hey, all the best players for the Rangers went out of our Metroplex after Friday, after the parade was over, Saturday and Sunday, they all went and just signed autographs for free for everybody, which was and is unbelievable. So I just want to tell people who maybe were at the back of the line or in the middle of the line that, hey, he signed for an hour or for two hours and I didn't get my stuff signed. That's not fair. That's not right, Rangers. That's not right, Evan Carter. There's no way to please everybody. So for them to go out there for free and and people I heard – Spent overnight, I guess, that it heard about. I just saw people texting that in. That's wild. Which, Good for you. Awesome. Uh, But those guys out of their hearts said, we're going to do this for the Ranger fans in our Metroplex. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Cowboys. They are just protected so much. They're wanted so much. This is the first time ever the Rangers have ever been wanted like this. That's probably true. And so the Cowboys know even Jalen Smith limping around. Oh, my goodness. And so it's just like, yeah, hey, just show up an hour late and just tell them you're not signing autographs even though you said you would and you got paid uh, $10,000 to be here. You know, that's how it works the other way. So the the just Rangers, you have a special group of guys. Not only are they great at baseball, but I think you have a special group of great people too. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.